time to go big or go home with the division manager of primary residential mortgage in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Now, here's the entrepreneur and mortgage extraordinaire himself, James Harper. What would your mama say? Go big or go home. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to this week's podcast of Go Big or Go Home. We are coming to you from our secret headquarters once again in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and excited to get things going once uh, once more with our weekly or bi-weekly podcast, uh, and we have a very special guest today. Uh, but first of all, I'm James Harper, and my goal is to make a difference in your life. I want you to uh, sit back and open your mind for the next 30 to 45 minutes and and think more uh, and bigger for yourself and more exciting things for yourself, I should say, than you've ever believed. And hopefully, we'll give some inspiration uh, in the next 30 or 45 minutes. Maybe you can get a little golden nugget to be able to take away and uh, start doing a little something different in your life. So let's put all the excuses away and let's start uh, thinking about what we can do next and think out of the box. And so listeners, welcome Erica Brister to the show today. Yay. Hello, hello. All right. Woo. So we, uh, we appreciate you being <laughs> here. We have a lot to talk about in a short period of time. And, but first of all, Erica. Yes. Let's talk about you, and I, I always no problem. Want, I want always want to talk about. I want to get somebody to cry on the show. Okay. Uh, I want to get really emotional. Sometime. You want me to cry? Um, well, you know, we'll see if we can get there. <laughs> but I got to get to the right moment where I can make that happen. Okay. Uh, so far in all the shows we've done, I've yet to see that happen, but I'm convinced that one day it will get there. Mm. All right. So, um. Tell us a little bit about your 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 growing up and your 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 background and and uh, some of the different careers that you've had. Kind of do us the uh, the quick one off version. Quick one off. Okay, so I grew up in Tennessee, here in Sumner County, and I decided to go off to Boston, Massachusetts, for college. Um, be- right before I went to Boston, though, I made the circuit here in a middle tennessee to at belmont and vanderbilt and i ended up at emerson college in boston i spent six years up there and i was bound to determine to go into broadcast journalism and i had a huge passion and still do for the arts and something was drawing me back to nashville nashville is a super cool city middle tennessee was just um really drawing me home so i came home and about six months after i came home my dad came to me and said if you want this business come and get it otherwise i'm going to sell it and that's how i ended up at u.s pest protection anyways yes i i I failed to introduce you properly yes you are the uh, ceo Mm -hmm. right of u.s pest yes sir um in local here in hendersonville tennessee Mm -hmm. and uh man i think it's uh you know how you it's a business. Obviously, it's a huge business. Um, I know mine's reoccurring every, what, three months or four months at my personal home. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, one of those things that just never goes away. It's a service that people are always going to need, right. um, especially if you participate in that kind of service. But mm-hmm. nobody likes bugs. Nobody right. likes insects. So yeah. We want them gone. That's right. And so it's a reoccurring thing in my mind of, of a service that will just never go away. Right. 
Um, so just speaking on the little bit that you just did right now about your passion for arts uh-huh. and, and, and so how do you get in the bug business? How do you get to be uh, in your, that journey um, and say, this is what I want to do when I grow sure. up and this is where, where, where I want to be and this is what makes me happy? Yeah, so what's interesting about the pest control industry is right now where it stands today, it's not a trade. It's not something that people want to grow up being in the bug business. It's not glamorous. There's nothing nothing sexy about pest control. Mortgages either. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing glamorous about talking about mortgages. Right? I mean, like it's interest like rates? Like what no, does, who uh, cares? Yeah. Right. So we try to make it glamorous, and it sounds like... Yeah, trying to make it sexy and glamorous. <laughs> <That's> right. right. <laughs> so how do you do that? And... Um, and bringing in the creative mind to pest control. And I sat down at my desk after um, my dad said he was going to sell it, unless I came and got it. I sat okay, there. Okay, so this is a family business. It is a family business, okay. yep. Right. And um, I asked myself how I was going to run a pest control company with all of my passion and all of my inspiration for art and for humanity and for what I wanted to do in life and what I felt like I was born to do, which was make a difference. So how am I going to translate that into pest control? And very interesting. what essentially happened was I just did not conform to the industry and I decided to transform and conform the company to reflect who I am and who I feel like God has asked me to be in the world. And so what's ended up happening is all this talent and all these amazing people from all over the country really have um, are attracted to U.S. pests, not because of the pest control, but because of the environment and the culture and the the way in which we operate and how we inspire and motivate each other, both in the office as well as our customers. Because from a customer interaction standpoint, from a human element standpoint we're not we're not in the bug business we're in the people business sure yeah so you've heard that before business yes but this technology that we're facing between we're in this technology age and this information age i mean 10 years ago who was doing podcasts right Mm -hmm. so how does this human interaction work now how does it how does on a on a micro level how do we take that human interaction and make sure that it doesn't get diluted down with technology and over automation and machine learning and how do we make a difference in people's lives for $15 a month on some cases um to the $125 quarterly pest control account how do we make a difference in people's lives from a human interaction standpoint using technology so that's kind of our spearhead and our goal. And that's the art coming out of me and the journalism coming out of me. Because when I'm doing business and I'm um, operating and growing the company, I'm essentially narrating the story as I go. So I'm not necessarily writing in journalism or painting, which is what I love to do. But I'm painting with real life and I'm narrating with real people and creating real experiences between human beings. So, so uh, when did you officially take over the company? Two thousand, oh gosh, uh, two thousand eight, I guess. Two thousand and eight, and prior to two thousand eight, w- what was your career uh, then, and what were some of the things that you were involved with that helped prepare you? for your your next journey or the journey that you're in right now 
So I was doing a lot of photography. I had a photography background and had a photography business as well as in Boston, I did some real estate. I was, um, I worked for this awesome lady named Beth Dickerson up in Boston. She was Boston's number one real estate agent. And she um, taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And up in Boston at the time, it was just booming. um, And we were showing 10, 15, $20 million condos that were 2,000 square feet. You know, it's totally different. Now we're seeing Nashville Mm -hmm. really having a similar type of boom. Um, And so that taught me a lot, being in real estate and being around um, people from all over the world um, that were buying condos in um, a really urban setting. Um, and then photography, of course, capturing the human element, and then journalism. I really learned how to ask questions and get the answers that I wanted and needed. And then in um, college, I mean, the college experience up in the Northeast was just amazing, um, the opportunity that I had. So let's talk some sales. Um, so in 2008, when you took over the company, mm-hmm. um, what were sales back then on, on an annual basis? total yeah just give me a rough dollar figure what they were oh gosh um and what are they today if you don't mind sharing with the audience total revenue i would say was probably three and a half million or so mm-hmm. um and that's when you took over the company mm-hmm. okay and so 10 years or actually 11 years later what what's that growth look like to you um over, over eight million nice yeah it's nice. very good very yeah. good and um I know when when people ask me those same questions, I always get a little skittish because I'm like, I I know it's I'm doing pretty good, but yeah, I know I want more. Sure, I know I'm not where my goals might yeah uh, have me or want want to be. So mm-hmm. um, they say, oh well, you're doing fantastic, you're doing great, and and you are doing great. But in your mind, I can already see here by looking at you, you probably have a bigger vision in your head of where you probably wanted to be right but that 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 grows really good that grows really good yeah and so where do you think that um where do you see yourself in the next five years in that same growth pattern and what are you doing today to help prepare for that so great question um but we're not going to be in the same growth pattern mm-hmm. <laughs> the growth pattern is going to change drastically we have really strategically created a new brand Mm -hmm. for U.S. pest protection. Mm -hmm. We're Tennessee's, well, the world's only bee-friendly pest control company. And what that means is about three years ago, I fell in love with bees, basically. Mm -hmm. Bee-friendly. Yes, (laughs) bee-friendly. A little spin on word. Yeah. And so... um, we positioned ourselves from a market in the market to be a, an environmentally friendly, but not just on words, not just on paper. We actually train on being environmentally friendly. We train on um, conserving the the pest, the best pest is what we call them at US the Pest, pest. Okay. the best pest, oh. the pollinators. Yeah, the best um, pest, the best pest. Yes, and we eradicate the threat pest. You know, so we don't want to kill the the pests that are good for the environment. So we have strategically and develop partnerships with beekeepers all over Tennessee. I've met with the governor and the commissioners um, at a state level on several different um, 
ideas for how that Tennessee can become a blueprint for how other pest control companies all across the country can work with beekeepers in order to carry out the same initiative because it's not about um, it's not it's about a misunderstanding between industries, the beekeeping industry and the pest control industry. And we're really on the same page. We just need to do more talking and more conversating with each other and working together more. Um, So from a branding standpoint, we've really set the standard when it comes to being bee friendly, as well as um, our professionalism and our protecting what matters most, because a lot of people say that now. They weren't saying it five years ago, but a lot of people say it now, but we do it. We back it up and we, have a lot of mechanisms in place to make sure that we are um, doing what we say we're doing. Well, I don't know about all the listeners out there, but who would have thunk that all that thought goes into everything that you do each and every day. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the never would have thought that there's a way, uh, I guess, chemically to preserve certain um, insects or uh, bees or whatever they might be to survive versus another but uh you know uh, i think that's awesome so how so how do you keep not to deep dive into this too much but how do you preserve bees relative to the chemicals that you're using yeah so it's not even about the chemicals or the products that we're using what it's about is applying them because our industry is it's several different tactics right so the first one of the one of the ways that we're doing it as a pest control company us pest is doing it is we are turning the industry into a trade organization a trade industry so that people really have to learn um, because we already have to be certified by the state we have to be licensed by the state we're regulated by the epa we're under all of this pretty heavy legislation or um, regulation Mm -hmm. um and we required to have um, a very high level of understanding of what we're doing but we are going to really train on the trade of being a pest control professional or an exterminator as people call them Um, so that's the first line of defense the second part is really it's a very old school method which is working with the environment to make sure that pests are not invading someone's home because nobody wants brown recluse or spiders or flies or ladybugs or stink bugs or all that stuff inside their house right so we do need to protect the homeowners but it's about training on not applying product incorrectly right Mm -hmm. or applying it correctly um and then when it comes to the mosquito treatments that's a really everybody's talking about um all over the country is that the herbicides that are put out for lawn care and mosquito treatments are really causing a lot of downfall with the bees because of the drift and because of the, uh, um, you know, those little white flowers Mm -hmm. that are all over, I forget what they're called at the moment, but they're all over the grass before it gets mowed. Yeah, yeah. So bees love those. What are they? They're the little cotton thingies. Right. Not chrysanthemums, but they're something. (laughs) We'll have to Google that. <laughs> but so uh, working with the homeowners to mow their grass before we come out and apply a pesticide to their 
Lyme because Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever, nobody wants to get that, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and it's really expensive to do just um, an organic only oil type product and it's not as long lasting. So there's different measures that we can put into place to just from an application method as well. That's a long answer and <laughs> but it's a it's a thick it's a thick conversation to have when it comes to pest control. Well, I think uh, um, to kind of uh, re- go backwards a little bit, I'd like to understand a little bit more on how you in- make your industry sexy, like you had said. <laughs> um, I know um, you were involved with the Na- or you went to the Nashville Sounds uh-huh. and did some kind of an event down there. Yeah. Uh, explain some of those types of things that you try to do to make um, your business sexy <laughs> and to really try to get people engaged. I mean, and right. and, and develop those long term relationships. Yeah. So the Nashville Sounds are a great partnership that we have. We just started working with them. Um, last year and they are amazing they're very creative um they are willing to do whatever we want to do um and they're local great brands so we love partnering with them we've partnered with the predators um three years ago now and the nashville predators for all those outside of the state (laughs) yeah of course the nashville predators everybody knows the nashville predators (laughs) um and so we've we've our sponsorships that we do um and then we partnered with lee company um lee company is another great um local company um that we kind of have a refer- referring business um back and forth with um and then as far as the sexiness of the industry goes i i really recruit people that have talent um and i do that through recruiting people that have ambition and that entrepreneurial spirit which is what you know your show is about sure. but some people don't want to step out on their own and have all the responsibilities of payroll and taxes and quarterly taxes and there's a lot of responsibility that goes into being an entrepreneur which is great some but some, that entrepreneurial spirit in America is dying sure it is yeah it is which is a big reason for the show absolutely which is awesome that you're having this but th- U.S. Pest, I look at U.S. Pest as an entrepreneurial biome, I guess, mm-hmm. because there's no limit to what you can make at the company. So when I tell someone that, that's not necessarily have the, the means or the confidence yet to go out on their own, that they can make as much money as they want to make here. You can write your own paycheck. All you need is uh, ambition and work ethic and a great attitude, and we'll provide everything else. And you can make, I have an environment where you can make mistakes, and it's okay. I have an environment where you, um, I want people to bring their, all their ideas to the table, um, and they get to see them transform the lives of the people that work there as well as our customers. So when they, we get the phone call from a customer that says, hey, you've restored my faith in humanity, that makes whoever was interacting with them feel amazing. And it has nothing to do with pest control. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, from a philanthropy, philanthropy uh point of view um you know we've uh there's so much there's so many resources out there on the internet that you can go and and research things and and look up things and analyze things and 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 see how uh things operate and flow together but what's amazing is the resource i mean when i was growing up we we had to go to the library 
and we had to do the right the, whatever they call that index the, the index cards yeah. yes mm-hmm. thank you thank you, yeah. you know, exactly, <laughs> I you know, love exactly them. where I'm coming from yeah and <laughs> and things were much harder to understand entrepreneurship right uh, man there is so much out there on the web and there's so much out there on on the internet that you can find and learn how to do things but yet entrepreneurship is down right uh, and it's it's people not wanting to take a chance mm-hmm. um, in in stepping out of their comfort zone to do something different right. uh, for fear of failing. Right. For fear they're going to jeopardize their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, for fear that they may look uh, frowned upon for um, uh, not succeeding or doing something silly. Right. Um, that that uh, um, and I, I I shared this on one of my other episodes. You know, I'm an engineer by degree, mm-hmm. and people think I'm, I was crazy when I jumped into the mortgage business, <laughs> and no different than they probably said about yourself. Right? Um, hey, I'm you know you're in the photography business and you're in real estate and you've got this experience and this and that, and all of a sudden you're a CEO of a pest company. Right. Um, but you know nothing. The wolves are going to come out to get right. you, and you know you're going to fail, and yeah. you know all the naysayers out there. Uh huh. Um, what do you say uh, on how your experience prepared you and how some of that experience carried over into what you do now from your previous careers or past lives or chapters, I say? Yeah, so I would say that it's, um, I spent a lot of years doubting my instinct and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do that. I think that the best way to be an entrepreneur in today's um, and we're in, we have the, this gig economy that's going on right now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is where everyone is. You've got the Uber and the Lyft and the delivery drivers, so that people ha- can have a taste of that entrepreneurship. But at the end of the day, they're still partnering with DoorDash and the Grubhub's and the um, different delivery type companies. But they can have a taste of it there. Um, so partnering with someone like U.S. Pest or or with a company that has that culture, I think, is the best way to engage in the entrepreneurial mindset and that has almost mentors that are already there that are encouraging you and um, cheerleading you on and helping you get up when you make mistakes. Um, so the first several years of being the president and CEO – there was a lot of doubt in the vision and in my inspiration and in my motivation and that can I want to help people and will this ever die in me if I'm doing pest control? And the truth is, is that it it doesn't and it doesn't matter where we're at. We can be who we're born to be no matter where we're at. It does not matter the industry. It doesn't matter the position. You can make a difference and explode Wherever you're at, wherever mm-hmm. you're put, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Sure. Well, um, so I know that I have the answer to this already, but what is your biggest fear today? So I do not. Because everyone, I think everyone has some doubt. Maybe it's not direct fear, mm-hmm. but everyone has some doubt as to what their capabilities are, or maybe they've made a decision on a hire. Maybe they've... Uh, made a financial obligation that uh, was a mistake that could jeopardize the 
rest of the employees or so i literally have done everything you've just said sure. and survived <laughs> yeah. so it all I. right so still I, I think i did one yesterday yeah right i know every <laughs> year it keeps getting you know the mistakes keep getting more expensive and more expensive yeah. and more dangerous and more dangerous so i really honestly do not have any fears um because any, every time i've noticed over my lifetime that i've had any fears and i've it's almost like they come true so i try not yeah. to you know you've you've uh you've created that um um uh reality right know? yeah and so when i started like when i started the tennessee honey festival people were telling me um that it wasn't gonna work and that they were gonna come after me with pitchforks and i it didn't happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's actually helped and tennessee is really making a name for itself in the country so fear i don't have of course i mean as a human being i have fear i have fear about my kids and you know that kind of thing but from a it's just primal i think instinct more than fear that's on an emotional level so uh, i think uh you know i fear you're gonna make me cry during this podcast well i'm i'm, I'm trying to get there <laughs> but still haven't discovered what what path i need to go down <laughs> But I, but I am analyzing you. Okay, I'm analyzing you too. Okay, great. Okay, That's, we're, we're, we're we're on the same page. All right. So, uh, what? So you so you uh, had a major accomplishment. You yeah. got married 12 years ago. Yes. And you you love your husband. Says he's amazing. What does he bring to the table for oh, you to help? Oh my goodness. To help push you in ways you've never been pushed. Now I might get you. Yes. Okay. So I, <laughs> this is a really interesting um, part of my story, but I went all through college. I didn't like date anybody or anything. Mm-hmm. And I thought something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Are you married? Yes. Okay. No, no, not right now. Oh, no. I was. Oh, you were. Okay. <laughs> dating someone seriously now. Okay, cool. Engaged. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So, Almost the same thing. Okay. Full when, circle. Do y'all have a date set? Uh, no, we don't yet. Okay. We just got engaged actually oh, in August. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. You're going to need and, to set a date, though. And we are expecting, though. too. Oh. Yes. Nice. Another child, a third child. Okay. With yeah. this, you have uh, two children from a previous Previous man? and one on the way. Okay. Another baby girl. Oh, yay. God is working uh, all kinds of craziness on me, putting all these women in my uh. life. <laughs> It's a different story, a different podcast on yeah. itself. <laughs> Plus, all the women that work for me as well. Uh-huh. I think it's, uh, there's a there's something that I'm supposed to learn. <laughs> so let me tell you. So I didn't have any relationship, and I thought I was committed to my career. I was committed to being a broadcast journalist. I was committed to photography. I was really just thought, okay, I'm gonna live the rest of my life single, you know. Mm-hmm. And I am downtown Nashville in a parking lot. And up walks my now husband, mm-hmm. and I, for the first time in my entire life, got butterflies in my stomach, and I knew at that moment that we were going to get married. It was in God's plan. Totally in God's plan. Totally. And he really is my soulmate. He's my helpmate. He really was sent. Like, I was saved for him. He was sent for me. We mm-hmm. were sent for each other. And that really restored um, that I was right. Because so like, God had always told me, like, hold out. He, I've got someone special for you. 
And I thought I was crazy. I really thought I was crazy. And um, when I finally met him, I realized that I wasn't crazy and that, you know, that passion and that, that small voice inside that drives me and causes me to work hard and love hard and be passionate and wake up early and work late and, you know, do things I don't necessarily want to do. And then just, um, that it's, that it's real. So how does he give you balance? Oh my gosh. He doesn't give me any balance. We're just alike. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, that's, (laughs) but he's my master. He's a master encourager. Mm -hmm. Um, he is very encouraging and he is very loving. He is an ideal husband. And so what what do, what do you think that what do you think that uh, uh, you give back to him? Oh my gosh. Um, the same. I encourage him. Um, a lot of I give him a lot of um, heartburn <laughs> honestly <laughs> um but I, we encourage each other we're each other's partners he's got a lot of ambitions um and a lot of is he drive. involved in the business at all yeah he is he ha- has been involved for the past two or three years now and, and what was that like because my my fiance <laughs> just recently uh uh has come to work for me uh-huh. and i totally i said no way no way it's not gonna happen uh-huh. ever. i don't believe in that yeah and she she came to work for me for uh, another purpose, uh-huh. but it was to basically get trained with me and then maybe move on to something else, uh-huh. uh, another business venture that I'm involved with. Uh, but as she came on board, she uh, immediately just picked it up so fast, and she really has my wheels spinning because of how fast she's picked it up and and now i'm realizing i definitely need her as a resource and definitely yeah. need her as a as part of my my company and my brand and everything that so I it do. motivates you so it's 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 worked out beyond my expectations yeah and and i was my own paradigm uh-huh. saying that it wouldn't work right because a lot of people say it doesn't yeah yeah so i had this idea in my head yeah and it's not going to work right you don't have your wife or your spouse work for you or or, or significant other, yeah. uh, because that's just spending too much time together, and right. it's not a good idea. <laughs> and uh, uh, man, I've she's now worked for me for over three months, and mm-hmm. I've been pleasantly surprised. And my business has turned around right. because it's given me more freedom to do what I'm naturally my highest and right. best use is. Yeah, and she's kind of been in my seat, uh-huh. helping do some of the things that I used to be doing. That's time consuming and all that kind of stuff. Right. So. That's uh, right. That's pretty much my story too. Absolutely. I mean, I'm able to, he's come in and he does some of the things that I used to do. Um, but he really knows how to rally the troops, I guess. He really knows how to, um, he's very kind. But good he's cop, also, bad cop? No, Not we're both kind of good and bad, <laughs> <Okay>. you know? <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, at the same time. But he <laughs> knows how to motivate people and he loves people so much he loves them you know and so when you're around jk um he you can just feel his energy and he's authentically like present with you you know and he he'll he wants to help people so um he drives a lot of our sales um a lot of our um employee engagement um our a lot of our corporate team like feeds off of his energy so wherever he is he's helpful you know, one of the things in corporate America today is that um, 
companies in general have lost the loyalty factor uh-huh. with employees and, mm-hmm. and employees in return don't feel that coming from the companies. Right. You see it uh, are obviously in larger scale companies where pensions are no longer there. Pensions, for the most part, don't exist anymore unless right. you're maybe in some government related jobs or, or whatever. But most manufacturing, have, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have any pensions. Right. Uh, so it's whatever you save in your 401k. And, yeah. And uh, so I think uh, that creates a certain amount of an unhappiness with mm-hmm. w- with employees and, and where uh, they go in nine to five jobs like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier and, and just continue to be in the same rat race right. every single day. So with your company... How do you how do you feel like you've changed the culture for the employees that work for you, um, and and get out of that stigmatism? So yeah, so when they're interviewed, um, they are asked if they're looking for a job, or if they want to go to work, and we're very quickly to tell them that this is not a place at U.S. Pest Protection where you come to a job or where you come to work. It's just not. Um, it's some people, um, and, and they know within the interview process that they're not coming to job to work in the morning. They're coming to an opportunity, and I know that's cliche, but it's the truth. And so, we also have a saying at the company where, um, early on, and when I first started, I, I asked myself again, like, okay, well, how am I going to take my mind and my entrepreneurial spirit into this company and and create something? And I felt like I wanted everyone that worked at U.S. Pest Protection and everyone that worked with me and around me, I wanted them and the customers, I wanted everyone to feel like after they interacted with U.S. Pest, I wanted them to make babies. I wanted to make (laughs) babies, right? Like through the companies that I was leading. And so I wanted them to, after they, when they go home from work, they go home from their opportunity at U.S. Pest, I want them to feel so good and so accomplished and feel um, so proud. Mm-hmm. And they put in a hard day's work. They've taken care of customers. They have a meaningful existence. What they do matters. And then they walk through the front door, male or female, they walk through the front door. They are ready for their spouse and ready to make babies. So do you, do you, uh, so have you ever surveyed that and how that's performed? Uh, yeah, we have a lot of babies. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of babies. Um, but so, but that's essentially how we we get away from the work and the job, you know, because nobody at U.S. Pest, and hopefully our customers will translate that at some point to the, our customer base, but no one at U.S. Pest ever feels like they come to work or have a job. So what's the, uh, what's, what's next in your life? What's next in, what's your next chapter look like? What is, uh. Um, where do you feel inspired to go from here um, in your journey um, in life and in your career? The Tennessee Honey Festival is having its third annual event down at one city in Nashville. What what is the Tennessee uh, uh, Honey Festival? So the Tennessee Honey Festival, yes, the Tennessee Honey Festival is getting nationwide attention. It is a festival where all of the local honey vendors come to display their honey. They get in free. They don't have to pay a dime in order to produce and bring in their honey um, exhibit. And they get to sell all their honey to everybody that comes. We've had over 10,000 people that came the past two years, um, both years. And 
at the festival, we're going to have beekeepers that will be um, giving different lectures on beekeeping and the master gardeners. We're, we're talking to from the Blackberry Farms master gardener um, of coming in to give an hour lecture at the Honey Festival. And then they'll also have, we'll have live entertainment and we've got some really exciting acts. That and we're, when is this generally? What time it of the is, year? This year it's September 27th, 26th. Um, on Saturday, and we are going to be, be in 2020. In 2020, 2020. yes, 2020 September. Well, 26th. you know, uh, man, I this Tennessee or this Tennessee, this uh, bee business is a big deal. It is a big deal. I mean, uh, I remember uh, doing a loan for one of my clients who, who basically that was his primary income was to sell beehives right. or lease beehives. I didn't yeah. even know you could do such a thing. Right. But you essentially uh, can you know, package these beehives up and make sure the queen bee is in there. Right. And you ship these beehives off to wherever. Uh-huh. And people lease these beehives. They cultivate the honey, if that's what you call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then send them back. And I've, I'm scratching my head. And I'm like, you know... There's just a business for everything. So, listeners out there, if you want to get in the beehive business, there's some good money in that. If that's something that you're passionate about, try it. Dig into yeah, it. Do absolutely. your research because there are some people still making some good money um, um, making honey. Making money, honey. <laughs> Holy cow, that was great. That was really good. Yeah, well, the, and it's a, it's a really new industry. It's a new industry. I agree, but, ancient. but it's a dying industry because of the bees themselves environmentally, right? Well, our local, the Tennessee Honey Festival, one of its aims and is to protect the local Tennessee honeybee. So one of the issues with that isn't just the pesticides that we apply, right, um, or the, that homeowners purchase from Lowe's and Home Depot, those pesticides, but it's also the migratory bees that happen, like from Napa Valley, California, down to um, the orange orchards in Florida, all the way to up to Maine, um, orchards up in Maine, right? So there's bees carry diseases. So they, it's kind of like when they get sick or get a cold or something. So they can transport those diseases while they're in Tennessee. Um, so it's really, there's a local Tennessee honeybee that we're trying to protect as well in all the states because our local flowers that we plant that are native to Tennessee, the local Tennessee honeybee is specifically interested in those flowers. Um, well, you know where I notice a difference? Where? They no longer fly around my Coke cans when I'm on the golf course in the golf cart. Right. And that's probably from... I know that sounds crazy, but it used to drive me nuts when right. bees would just keep flying around my Coke cans yeah. when I was growing up and maybe, you know, midlife. Mm -hmm. And now you just don't see that anymore. Right. The bees just aren't around, flying around and trying to... Mm -hmm. do what they normally do right uh, wow we we've really gone crazy on this one hadn't we <laughs> but uh it's, it is good stuff though it and, is. and it goes back to the fundamental entrepreneurship right uh that, that here's an industry mm -hmm. uh, you know we talk about killing bugs and insects and things of that nature but you're also trying to preserve right a, something that's also useful mm -hmm. to the environment you have a whole business that's a surrounds yourself with uh this philosophy and this in in trying to make this a better place for bees yeah. but also get rid of the 
the things that drive us crazy and and stink up our house or whatever. And uh, <laughs> and uh, make babies. But, but, I'm just kidding. And then we can we got a we got a culture over here of of <laughs> trying to make babies over U.S. Pest. <laughs> and then we also have an avenue where you can have your own entrepreneurship and get in the beehive business. Right. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. I think that is awesome. Absolutely. So, um, um, so what do you think is, uh, so beyond your, your next steps, mm-hmm. anything else you have on your plate? Well, we have our, this summer coming up, we have at uspestsales.com. We have a program for... uspestsales.com. That's right. We have a program for seniors in high school and college individuals really anybody should do it but we're targeting those markets for them to make summer money which is anywhere from 25,000 to 55,000 within 12 weeks and what we're going to be teaching them is a lot of what we're talking about which is that entrepreneurial um, entrepreneurial abilities which is we're going to teach them competence and we're going to teach them how to stay optimistic because you know in, in entrepreneurship you can get really depressed really easily <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. um, so how do you stay consistently every day, day in and day out, and don't don't give up, and you stay positive and professional and consistent and just keep going? That's what we need to teach kids. So this summer is our first one that we're going to do, and we're recruiting about 30 different young adults. Like internship? Like an internship? No, they're going to or... get paid plenty of money. Okay. Um, they are going to learn because they don't teach sales in school. That's right. Right? They don't teach. Um, there's some entrepreneurship in school, but it's there's nothing like... Sales 101. Right? Getting out there and getting dirty with sales and getting the door slammed in your face and the nose and the... and getting up the next morning and doing it anyways and then winning and then winning some more and then losing so we're really going to take kids through this experience or these young professionals through a 12-week experience where they're going to make a lot of money and they're going to learn some valuable lessons of entrepreneurship what was the worst sales job you ever had where you thought god this sucks oh i'll tell you what mine was what i sold windows uh-huh door to door and i had a telemarketer uh that would call and set up these appointments to sell windows and the whole goal was you go there and try to sell them windows and then roll all their debt into it <laughs> and that was the that was right. the pitch that was the incentive right because nobody really wants to just buy windows for ten thousand dollars but oh if i can get all my debt rolled into it right so i remember going on a friday night and uh and I didn't want to go. I was wanting to go out and party and go crazy that night. And I go on this sales call, drive an hour and a half to it, and and knock on the door. And it was I hear all the kids in there, and uh, no one's coming to the door. Mm-hmm. So cell phones were barely present then. So I go to a pay phone, say, "Hey, this lead. I hear him in there. No one's answering the phone. Are you sure I'm at the right spot?" Long story short. It was just a big joke. I had driven an hour and a half to go there. And I was so upset that I had wasted my time going on this journey to a call that I didn't want to go to on a Friday night to sell windows I didn't want to sell. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, this sucks. Yeah. And so I, I, I politely made a quick phone call on the way out and ordered 12 Domino's pizzas to that house 
and then kept on going. But uh, oh, every, wow. everything's fine other than that. Wow. So it was they were was it taking advantage of people? Well, they they had set up the call, but they just they really weren't interested in buying Windows, and it mm. was just uh, a bad telemarketing setup. Yeah. So. I think, but, but that was that's hard sales. I mean, that is hard sales. No, no different than selling sweepers. Or, it's not or right. something of like. But I've sold some pretty tough stuff. Yeah, including mortgages, which is yeah. what I'm in today. <laughs> <laughs> I got sent down to Atlanta with um, four guys, and that was probably the worst sales, <laughs> the sales experience I had because I didn't I didn't stay the night. But they were encouraging everyone to sleep in one room you know and it was door-to-door in uh, atlanta oh, oh yeah and um those because some door-to-door sales companies are rough Boy, you ain't yeah um so this one was um that was probably my worst sales experience but i made my quota every day and had a lot of fun but i i hightailed it out of there after so, so was that the worst job you've ever had the worst job i've ever worst had. job wow yeah. i've had a bunch of them yeah. Because you know why? I I think I always see that there's an opportunity in every 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 yeah. job um and then of course I've realized getting into it I'm like, "Oh wow. I I <laughs> I, I need some help." <laughs> so, listen, is I I've enjoyed having you on the show yeah. today. Man, it's been awesome really getting to know you. I uh, I think you've shared a lot of insight, man, some things I certainly didn't know about the bug business. Uh but man, the bug business is big. The bug business is big. And it's sexy at U.S. Pest. And it's sexy at U.S. Pest. So <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So thank you, everyone, for joining our show today. Uh, Erica uh, Brister from uh, U.S. Pest, CEO, entrepreneur at heart, and humanitarian spirit to want to yes. make more babies at U.S. Pest. <laughs> We appreciate you being on the show. Let us know how awesome we are by leaving a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are on. Like us on Facebook at Go Big or Go Home. And if you haven't been able to see us on any of the podcast platforms, then certainly visit us at www.nashvillemortgagelenders.com. And we want to give a quick plug to you before we say goodbye. Visit your website at uspest.com or tennesseehoneyfestival.com and if you reference go big or go home she might give you some kind of a discount oh not, yeah 50 really percent sure. off there you go 50% off. we'll see how many of those come in thank you everyone and have a great day and have a great week Primary Residential Mortgage, Inc., NMLS 3094. James Harper, Division Manager, Primary Residential Mortgage, Hendersonville, Tennessee, NMLS 71317. 131 Road, Suite 140, Hendersonville, Tennessee 37075. Primary Residential Mortgage, Inc. is an equal housing lender. Some products and services may not be available in all states. Credit and collateral are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. Programs, rates, terms, and conditions are subject to change and are subject to borrowers qualification.